Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Steelers get aggressive in free agency. So how come their Super Bowl odds are going down? Welcome to the Steelers Update Podcast from Penn Live, where we keep track of all things Steelers so you don't have to. This is John Lucy reporting. Many fans will misread the Steelers' uncharacteristic multi-million dollar spending spree early in NFL free agency. Sure, it breaks with the stodgy Pittsburgh mold of looking for bargain basement players in the waning days of the annual NFL marketplace. The Steelers ponied up deals for Chicago cast-off quarterback Mitch Trubisky, a couple of young and up-and-coming offensive linemen, and a cornerback to replace Joe Hayden. All this in the actual NFL free agency signing period begins Wednesday. By all outward appearances, it sure looks as if the Ben Roethlisberger-less Steelers are reloading to take a Super Bowl run. Hate to break it to you, Steelers Nation, but this just is not the case. Instead, your favorite football team's free agency frenzy is all about building and buying time. It's now abundantly clear the Steelers intend to do the real quarterback shopping in 2023. Outgoing general manager Kevin Colbert is the ultimate best player available guy when it comes to the NFL draft. And in this upcoming draft, there are a lot better players than the quarterbacks who may or may not be available when the Steelers are on the clock at pick 20. Colbert refused to be locked into the less-than-stellar quarterback class available in this draft. Not when the team has a plethora of other needs and the player talent and depth is so much more impressive at many other positions other than QB. Seen this way, the Steelers signing Trubitsky, a former second overall selection by the Bears, is simply cover so Colbert doesn't have to spend draft capital on a quarterback when the premium talent is at other positions in the draft. Trubisky gives the Steelers maximum flexibility at minimum cost. Regardless of how he pans out in Pittsburgh, the team almost certainly will look for their blue-chip franchise quarterback in the 2023 draft. That's when the arm talent is projected to be head and shoulders above this year's QB crop. So for all those fans in the 412 area code salivating over the possibility of landing Liberty's Malik Willis or Pitt's Kenny Pickett this time next month, sorry, you are out of luck. In this sense, the Steelers are building for the future, even if they refuse to call it rebuilding. The team is laying the groundwork with their young free agency signings and who they pick in the draft for the run that they will make when they finally find the real replacement for Ben Roethlisberger around this time next year. Pittsburgh is a city of bridges. It's a town that knows its infrastructure. It's time to view Mitch Trubisky 
for what he really is with the Steelers, a bridge. He gets the Steelers through a draft where all the talent is everywhere else but at quarterback. His signing makes it look as if the Steelers are at least plausibly serious about a Super Bowl run this season. Hey, but don't take my word for it. Check out the opinion of the smart money out in Las Vegas. The Steelers began this week with 55 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl. That's according to FanDuel. Then, in the wake of the Trubisky signing, those same Steelers Super Bowl odds nosedive down to 70 to 1. That puts your favorite football team on par with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, you think some people recognize a Steelers smokescreen when they see one? Trubisky's true value is the fact that he's buying the Steelers the ultimate luxury, time. He may be good, he may be bad, but he's not the ultimate answer in Pittsburgh. He is not the franchise. Those keys to the Steeler kingdom won't be bestowed until next year's draft. By then, the Steelers will have surrounded this as-yet-unidentified Pittsburgh prodigy with many more valuable pieces. Both the young players signed in free agency and the talent Colbert hopes to reap in this his last draft as the Steelers GM. This wise player evaluator is out to leave his Steelers a lasting legacy of success. To do so, Colbert needed to provide himself with the maximum flexibility and freedom to go after that elusive best player available. Meanwhile, Colbert also needed to deliver a mobile quarterback to his head coach, Mike Tomlin, and he was required to furnish owner Art Rooney II with the illusion of competing. By signing Trubisky, Colbert assured himself of all of these things. It was a masterstroke, really. It really was. And when we all look back seasons down the road, I feel extremely confident that we'll be able to say the next era of Steelers success began with Mitch Trubisky. Not because he will be the one who takes us there, but because he didn't force the team's hand in a draft that will be least remembered for its quarterbacks while yielding superstars at plenty of other positions. If Colbert can land one or two of those future stars, he will have placed Pittsburgh back on a path to the promised land. We have much more on the Steelers' free agency moves, the Mitch Trubisky reaction in Steelers Nation, and how the beef is back on that once-week offensive line, all in this frenzied free agency edition of your Steelers Update Podcast. Hey, and be sure to check out my print column first thing Thursday. As always, it will be packed with plenty of memes this time bringing the Mitch Tabritsky era to life, for better or worse. Right now, let's get right to it. So how do we read this Mitch Tabritsky move? Is it the Steelers taking their best shot, or is it something else? Here's longtime Steelers scribes Jerry Dulac and Ron Cook writing their best takes on the Steelers' strategy in separate Pittsburgh Post-Gazette columns. First up, we go to Cook on the three reasons the Chicago cast-off quarterback was worth a shot by your Steelers. He writes this, quote, One, 
The term is not prohibitive. Two years and the money isn't either. A $4.2 million base contract with incentives that could reach $26.2 million. This seems more like a show-me contract than anything else. It's not as if the Steelers are so convinced Trubisky is the real deal that they're making a huge investment in him. Two, the Steelers didn't have to give up draft capital to get Trubisky. It's not as if they traded two or three number one picks for him. They gave up nothing but his salary. And three, Trubisky is an upgrade over Mason Rudolph. Sorry, that's the best I can do. I'm no better than Luke about the Trubitsky signing. I would love to be wrong, unquote. Well, Cook may or may not be wrong, but again, he is right about the benefits of the signing, especially when it comes to not spending draft capital, not just in a trade for Trubisky, but being forced to draft a quarterback in this year's draft. And really, he goes into this part of it as well, saying the impact of the Trubisky signing is taking a quarterback off the board for your Steelers. Cook writes, quote, The Trubisky signing almost certainly closes the door on the Steelers drafting a quarterback in the early round in next month's draft. That means Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis won't be coming to Pittsburgh, although neither might be available when they pick at number 20 in the first place. That's okay. There are other glaring needs, remember? Unquote. Hey, Ronnie, Cook, you don't need to remind us. this, And we know the Steelers are wise to look to this draft to fill all those many holes outside of the quarterback position. As for Dulac, he adds that Trubisky does something else for the Steelers. The former number two overall pick satisfies Coach Mike Tomlin's foremost desire when it came to replacing Ben Roethlisberger. He writes, quote, Mike Tomlin wanted to get a mobile quarterback on his roster next season, and Trubisky has the athleticism to make plays outside of the pocket, unquote. Hey, that's probably true. I mean, he has some wheels. The problem is Trubisky hasn't been much of a pocket passer, and that seems to be the root of all his troubles in Chicago. Again, we'll see how he develops, but we got to wonder, okay, Trubisky coming in, Steelers fans seem to be excited about it. It's anybody but Mason Rudolph, right? But is he really an upgrade over mediocre Mason Rudolph? As we know, Rudolph is the quarterback the Steelers nation said shall not be named the starter in Pittsburgh. Paul Zeiss shares his deep doubts on this ultimate question. He writes this in his own Post-Gazette column, quote, The anybody but Mason Rudolph crowd has to be happy. They have to be jumping for joy that the Steelers signed free agent quarterback Mitch Trubisky, who spent last season as Josh Allen's backup in Buffalo. There was the silly pipe dreams of the Steelers getting Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. There were discussions about Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz, and even Deshaun Watson. When it became clear the Steelers weren't getting one of those proven players, we started hearing people try and convince themselves that guys like Jacoby Brissett, Marcus Mariota, Tyrod Taylor were going to come in and save the day. I don't hate the signing of Trubisky. I don't love it either. I have no idea how it will turn out, and we all knew they were going to add at least one more quarterback to the roster this offseason. I do like that it's a two-year deal because if that means if someone like Malik Willis falls to them in the draft, 
they can take him and bring him along slowly. Though, again, parenthetically, I don't think that's going to happen or even in their plans. There are other needs in this draft. Now we go back to Zeiss. But the next trick among the anybody but Mason crowd is to convince everyone, including themselves, that Trubisky is actually an upgrade over Rudolph. Well, he does have a pedigree. He's a first-round pick in the 2017 draft, second overall. But the fact that the team picked him, those Bears, gave up on him so quickly speaks volumes about Trubisky. He had a great 2018 season, made the Pro Bowl, led the Bears to 11 wins and had 24 touchdowns and 12 interceptions, but he fell out of favor with Chicago because of inconsistency. Then in 2021, he became a free agent and was allowed to walk, and he didn't have a single team pursue him as a starter. That's why he settled for a one-year $2.5 million deal to sit behind Josh Allen up in Buffalo. I'm willing to be open-minded and believe the magic of the Steelers organization will transform Trubisky into a big-time quarterback capable of leading the Steelers to playoff prosperity. As for now, though, the only thing I see that will get fans excited is that he isn't Rudolph, and that was always an incredibly low bar to achieve, unquote. Hey, good insight from Zyze. I mean, this is not a savior coming into Pittsburgh. Fans are happy, though, because it's not Mason Rudolph. But for how long? This being Pittsburgh, where the favorite QB is usually the one riding the bench, how long can it be before Yinzers are yelling from the stands for Mason Rudolph to replace Mitch? Hey, do not bet against it. Stranger things have happened when it comes to those Steelers QBs. Hey, at least whoever is behind center should have a better center in front of them, and an overall better offensive line. No wonder Steelers running back Najee Harris is smiling. The Steelers are investing big bucks in some big linemen. To wit, we have Mark Caboli and Ed Bouchette running down these major upgrades on the offensive line and in the defensive backfield as your stodgy Steelers get aggressive early in free agency. The big move number one, James Daniels and the duo at The Athletic write this, quote, at age 24, Daniels was a four-year starter, mostly at left guard for the Chicago Bears, who drafted him in the second round from Iowa in 2018. He's the second offensive lineman the Steelers have added this free agency period and the third overall, including their re-signing of Chukwama Okafor. Daniels will be a candidate to start at either of the two guards or center for the Steelers. While he started mostly at left guard with the Bears, he started 23 games at center for Iowa. Interesting. He and fellow free agent signing Mason Cole, latest of the Vikings, will give the Steelers options along with 2021 rookie Kendrick Green and guard Kevin Dotson. Both of these signings, however, immediately upgrade the entire offensive line, which was young and not very good last year. Cole allows Colbert to check that box off when it comes to the center position, particularly the Steelers and Cole agreed to terms on a three-year deal worth $15.75 million. Cole's resume suggests he'll provide competition at center for Kendrick Green, this after the third-round pick in 2021, struggled mightily as a rookie, 
as he moved from guard, his primary college position, to center. The Steelers could go with Daniels at left guard and Cole or Green at center guard unless the Steelers selected another option high in the draft, unquote. Hey, that is great analysis of how this line is going to be so much better, not only for the quarterback, likely Mitch Trubisky, but for our running back, Najee Harris, who was the centerpiece of last year's draft. So pieces are falling together, and and the young ages of these guys mean the pieces are going to surround the Steelers' offense for a number of years to come. These are not one-and-done moves. Speaking of done, we know Joe Hayden is on his way out of town, and the secondary is going to have some reshuffling. Enter Levi Wallace. Caboli, with The Athletic, writes that the former undrafted free agent Buffalo quarterback will slide right in as the number one cornerback on a roster that has only Cam Sutton and James Pierre currently with any experience. It likely means the end of Joe Hayden's career with the Steelers, and the Steelers wanted to get younger and more experienced at cornerback and were able to do it on the cheap, a two-year deal worth $8 million for Wallace. And Wallace played well during his time with the Bills, including being the team's top cornerback from Thanksgiving onward last season. His arc is still rising. That's the way Bills defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier put it to the athletic last year. He has not peaked yet. For the Steelers, Wallace will take over the position and role of Joe Hayden. Aiden was smart in understanding route concepts, and he was very good at playing trap coverages. That comes with plenty of film study, which is what Wallace is known for. Unquote. Great analysis from Caboli how that secondary is being shored up and reshuffled all in real time. All told, again, it's big moves by your Steelers early in free agency, but it's just the beginning. This is a two-part, two-year story, and the biggest move will be what the Steelers ultimately do at quarterback, likely in 2023. So stay tuned, Steeler fans, and remember, patience is a virtue, even in Pittsburgh. And we're going to keep covering this exciting free agency period every Wednesday on your Steelers Update podcast. Do yourself a favor, sign up so you get the podcast automatically wherever you get your podcast. We're everywhere, okay? And of course, log on to penlive.com anytime for your real-time Steelers news.